The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 254 of the podcast, or you're joining us live on Facebook or YouTube. If you want to catch the show live, subscribe on YouTube, follow the Facebook page, turn on your notifications so you can catch us every time we sporadically go live because there's no predicting when this show will happen for those keeping track today is sunday september 5th labor day weekend happy labor day to everybody uh condolences to all the teachers going back to school next week i know a lot of you started in florida you started a few weeks ago but i know back up north labor day means back to school i uh, hope everybody's having a fun and safe labor day i am currently in an airbnb can't tell the background's a little bit different. I'll talk about that in just a second. Along with UFC Vegas 36, we will get into Derek Brunson, Darren Till. Before any of that, let me welcome all the way from the Bat Cave in New Jersey, Jeff El Animal Wilson. Jeff, I. I just called you the animal Wilson, but in Spanish. I thought I had to translate that for you. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> Bill, good translation, and I'm doing awesome. Uh, so, Bill, first off, I have to apologize to everybody because from my end, I am actually um, using my Chromebook from work. Usually, I use my laptop that I got from work because my laptop's a little finicky, but uh, so we so we have two laptops at work. Unfortunately, Bill, I didn't think that I wouldn't have access to the laptop I usually use for the show. Um, it's actually sitting on my desk in my classroom because, Bill, we were supposed to start school, at least my school district, this past week, and mm -hmm. Wednesday we had our, um, you know, kind of like our brief. Our, our briefing for the school year and stuff, you know, uh, protocols with everything going on, uh, some team building stuff, which which uh, which we had it was a lot of fun. And uh, then with the girls soccer team, we had a scrimmage that day, um, Bill. But what happened in that scrimmage was right at the end of the game, the scrimmage luckily wasn't canceled. But right at the end of the game, uh, Hurricane Ida or Hilda, whoever it is this week, uh, rolled in and we got in like two minutes, all of our stuff was soaked. So as soon as the game ended, right. we, were, we just grabbed everything, threw it on the bus, and went back to the high school. We should have just stayed and played a water polo scrimmage. <laughs> yeah, Bill, you don't know how close we were to having a water polo scrimmage on Friday. But, uh, but Bill, where I work is um, closer to Staten Island. Mm -hmm. So it's like the New Jersey side and it's close to Staten Island and right in between is uh uh the Hudson River and oh, gross. Yeah. Um <laughs> so Bill, we actually 
it was so much rain and built all parts of New Jersey are all flooded. I think, I don't know if I sent you a picture, but I'll send you one after the show. But, um, Bill, the, the Hudson river actually overflowed and we, and a whole bunch of rivers around the town overflowed. So we actually had to cancel Thursday and Friday. Uh, school was closed for us. So that's why I don't have my other laptop with me. Um, cause I was under the assumption that I'd be there on Thursday and I just took my Chromebook with me because uh, mm-hmm. I needed to get some work done anyway. Uh, di- didn't think that I wouldn't be there uh, for almost a week. You know, I won't be in my classroom until Tuesday. So that's why, uh, long story short, that's why I'm on the Chromebook now. Uh, and Bill, our soccer field was uh, ruined. Uh, there was a whole bunch of garbage on the field from the Hudson River and stuff. Oh. Um, and I just want to thank the town that I work in because we had a scrimmage Friday at 4 o'clock. Friday morning, uh, they had a crew out there cleaning up the field for us. You know, it it didn't look as pretty as it usually does, but it looked a lot better than how it looked Friday morning. So I just want to thank the town for taking care of us. But, dude, uh, it it was nuts up here, man. Uh, It took me two hours to get home. uh, And, Bill, I told you this. My front bumper is a little beat up on my car, which, Bill, and I'm not complaining at all, man. I'm happy to buy a new bumper. Because at first I thought I was going to have to buy a whole new car. So I'm super grateful. We got some water in the kitchen. But, dude, um, there are some people up here in Jersey who have to find new homes now because of how much water got into their houses. My dad the next day was telling me that he saw a bunch of cars in the street just stranded, just abandoned because they couldn't turn on anymore. They they weren't going anywhere. Um, So, you know. My, my prayers go out to everybody who was affected by the hurricane, uh, not just in New Jersey, but all over the East Coast, man. Uh, we got drilled. But anyway, Bill, uh, how are you guys doing on your end? Yeah, we're fine, man. Um, it, we didn't get any of that. We got, we got a little rain. Um, it, it's weird that, you know, you guys got hit up there with the hurricane. Um, uh, yeah, hopefully most people are safe you know, you can always get a new car. So hopefully, you know, nobody was in those abandoned cars. I know you had a, a, a scary incident yourself going down a side street and your, your engine got flooded. It's, it's scary stuff, man. Um, you know, the, the elements are so unpredictable. I guess nobody, nobody saw this storm coming. Nobody thought it was going to hit as hard as it did. Like all the experts were like baffled like the people who study this stuff and Doppler radar and, you know, whatever else they got, you know, reading astrology. I don't know. I don't know what they do, Jeff. I'm not a scientist. Um, I, I don't know. Some, they read their horoscopes, I don't, whatever they look at, they, they couldn't, they didn't, they couldn't predict this one. Um, hopefully everybody's safe. Um, and, it, and it's good to hear that you have such a good crew at the school cleaning up the soccer field. Cause I guarantee that wasn't going on across the river in Staten Island because it, they, they, that crew would have showed up and like, what are you talking about? It looks friggin' good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, and, and I didn't realize how important it is to like not be in a flood zone, man. Like there was water. We got to the high school, uh, cause that's where we have our like water jugs and stuff that we fill up with water for our players and like parts of the high school were flooded. So, uh, like there was water in the building, man. It was, 
it was messy, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that we had the two days off from school uh, just because I'm sure people in town needed it, not just yeah. so they could clean up, you know, the school buildings, but people probably had to take care of their houses and stuff too. It's dangerous. Thank, thank you for clarifying what water jugs are used for, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. fill with ice. We fill with water. They're they're for uh, our soccer players. So. Yeah, we fill we fill the the water jugs up with water for people to drink. Yeah, this is this is the kind of technical insight that you get on MMA on the rocks, like how to make cocktails and what water jugs are used for. But um, I I went to college with this guy from Staten Island, Jeff, and like Staten Island is the greatest place in the world to grow up according to people from Staten Island. Like we had to, we, we, I was taking this writing class and we had to write about like why, where we grew up is the greatest place. So we were forced to lie basically. Um, and then we had to read them out loud. And I remember, I'll never forget this guy is like, and you know, when you're driving down fifth Avenue, you got to roll your windows up. Cause that's where the garbage dumps are. And that's why Staten Island, is the greatest place in the world to grow up. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, it's the, the whole island is a garbage dump. Like, that's what it was made for. But, it, you know, one, one man's trash is another man's treasure, so they say. Well, I certainly hope somebody believes that. <laughs> Dude, he believed it like i i had to make some shit up about like why my hometown was the greatest place to grow up which is like obviously a lie because i'm not raising my kid there <laughs> but it, you know he believed that shit he believed like you know smelling those toxic fumes from the from the landfills you know that's what made his childhood magical it's like some kind of troll character in a Disney movie that like lives in a garbage dump and like thinks it's great. Like, that's yeah. Just... But Bill, on the other side, like every other place he goes to must be amazing to him. I don't think I don't think people from Staten Island go many places. They're like they're like chuds, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is. Um, Ah uh, man, what does Chud stand for? I'm gonna Google it real quick. It's something like something humanoid underground dweller. I'm pretty sure that's it. I forget what the C is. Feel free to to chime in, anybody watching, if you know what a Chud is. Oh, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers is what it is, Jeff. Chud, C H U D. It was a movie from back in uh, 1984, actually. Great year. So you're right. That's the year I was born, Jeffrey. Um, all right. Before we get into the MMA, I'm sure everybody's curious as to what I'm sipping over here. Um, Labor Day weekend decided to go for a cocktail, Jeff. You know, I'm normally a neat whiskey kind of guy. And if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know, I don't actually drink things on the rocks. But MMA neat was a stupid name for a show. So hence we have MMA on the rocks. Um, I made an old fashioned Jeff. Uh, so an old fashioned, traditionally just a sugar cube muddled in the bottom of a glass, uh, bourbon, uh, maraschino cherry, and some orange bitters. 
Uh, instead of the sugar cube, I made uh, cherry simple syrup. So you take equal parts cherries and water uh, and boil it on the stove with sugar. Um, so like you take a cup of pitted cherries, uh, a cup of water, put that in the pot and then eat, I would say half a cup of sugar, but some people do like three quarters of a cup, um, and just let it kind of boil down. And what happened was I was having some people do some work at my house and I got distracted talking to them and I actually burnt the sugar, Jeff. And I think it was a very happy mistake because it made it taste so much better. So it's like a burnt sugar like a caramel cherry syrup now um so that's what i use to make this old-fashioned along with like a, a couple of the chunks of the cherries i one of my biggest pet peeves is is maraschino cherries in cocktails like they look pretty because they're like the bright red but they just taste like garbage to me I, it's got to be black cherries if i order a manhattan somewhere and it has a black cherry in it then i know that bartender knows what they're doing um and it's very important to me. I'm very passionate about it. Um, so I like the darker cherries. I just feel like they have a more savory sweetness to them. So burnt cherry, uh, simple syrup, uh, Old Forester 100 proof. Old Forester, as you guys know, one of my favorite distilleries. I'm like, I'm like such an Old Forester fanboy. I, I love pretty much every expression that comes out of that place. Um, and orange bitters. And uh, that's that's my old fashioned for my uh, Labor Day cocktail. Pretty, pretty simple. You know, it, it takes you about 10 minutes to make the simple syrup or like 12 minutes if you want to burn the sugar like I did and get that more like kind of smoky, caramelly uh, flavor to it. But uh, that's it. That's what's in the glass on the rocks, Jeff. For, for once, there's a drink on the rocks on MMA on the rocks. Um, what do you think? Did I sell you on, on my uh, cocktail making abilities? Bill, I'm definitely going to have to try it. I'm actually not a big fan of old fashions um, just because um, I don't. So I like uh, drinks that taste fruity, but mm. I don't like ha actually having fruit in the drink. It's, it's weird to me. Uh, and I know yeah. that sounds weird to everybody else, but I'm, Bill, I'm a creature of habit. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Because a lot of places will put like the orange peel in it too. Um, yeah, Pass. I I don't like it. I I don't like my old fashions to taste fruity either. That's why I kind of like I like this burnt sugar taste I have going on. Mark says he'll drink yours, Jeff. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you make one. You send him the the booze soaked fruit, and then you you drink the rest of it. Um, <laughs> Wait, Bill, didn't we try that one time? Was that with what? you that I tried uh, that, like, uh, some fruit that was just, like, sitting in booze? Did we do that? Oh, yeah, we, we've done, uh, like, moonshine peaches, I think. Yeah, yeah, I remember not liking those. Yeah. Um, but we, I think we got those at a store somewhere, though. Yeah, yeah, I've... I've done like, um, I've experimented with my own infusions and stuff. I, I like doing that. I made, um, I made a bacon infused whiskey once, Jeff. I remember that because yeah. I remember the chunks of bacon in it and just liking that so much. It was so good, dude. Yeah. I, um, so it, for anyone who, who's curious about how to do that, 
you just put like some whiskey in a mason mason jar and when you uh when you cook when you cook the bacon you just wait for the grease to cool down a little bit and pour the bacon grease right into the mason jar with the whiskey um cheers to my boy eddie law from the keyboard warriors podcast thanks for checking in sir um you pour the bacon grease into the mason jar with the whiskey Leave it for, I'd say, two to four weeks. And every day, try to just shake it up like twice a day because obviously the fat will render and rise to the top. Um, so just shake it up and then to make sure it really, you know, mixes in with the whiskey. Um, and, and, you know, turn it upside down every now and then. Uh, and then in two to four weeks, you got yourself some some bacon whiskey and you can... You know, you can make old fashions with it. Um, it's very like oily, very rich. Like, obviously, it tastes delicious. Like whiskey and bacon. How can you go wrong? Like two of the greatest flavors ever created. Like, I, I can't name a better combination, Jeff. I mean, you 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 would stump me um, if you came up with one. I I don't know. Is there anything better than whiskey and bacon? Like how do you, how do you top that? I don't know, but Bill, yeah, I remember the the bacon whiskey was definitely one of uh one of my favorites. I remember you were still living up here. I think you were still uh, at the Weehawken apartment when we had that. Yeah, I, I I do think I was still living in uh in Jersey. I'm um uh, I'm gonna get a little day drunk today, Jeff. If that's all right with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, all, I'm all for it, dude. I'm pouring myself another uh, old Forester hundred proof here. I'm just pouring it right on top of like the remains of my cocktail. So like I'll slowly like fade myself into drinking straight whiskey for the rest of the day. You got to ease into it. Um, here's some exciting news, Jeff. My daughter can swim. Nice. We found out. So by the way, I'm in Venice right now. Uh, Florida. All, oh, not Italy. Venice, Florida. Uh, we just went away for, you know, the long weekend we had, um, we had an Airbnb credit that we didn't even know we had um, because we have a property on Airbnb. They give you a credit every year, apparently. So we're like, all right, let's go away for Labor Day weekend. So, you know, about two hours south, we're, we're around uh, Siesta Key, Sarasota area. Um, Airbnb and like this, this nice little uh, resort complex. They have a pool and a splash pad and a playground. So we're just kind of chilling for the weekend. But. Uh, my daughter jumped off the steps of the pool. And for those of you who don't know, my daughter's three. Um, she jumped off the steps of the pool and actually swam to me uh, underwater. So she hasn't had swimming lessons or anything. I just, I guess it's just like a instinct, I guess, kids have. And um, yeah, she taught herself to swim. So proud father moment. Uh, so I'm going to celebrate with with some of this uh, hundred proof old forester here, but um, big news, Jeff. So, um, dude, that's awesome. Good for Ariana. Um, and dude, I I was looking at some pictures of you guys out in Venice. I was a little disappointed that you weren't in Italy, but um, <laughs> I was very excited because dude, Ariana's getting big, man. Like I haven't seen her in person in a little bit, but she's she's yeah. getting huge, man. Not since Christmas. Was that the last time? 
Yeah. That's the last time we were we were all up there together. Oh man. Um uh we'll, we'll, we'll be up there in a few weeks, so all right. Well I oh yes, yes, yes. I remember we talked about that. Bill in the morning, we're gonna have practice, but wait, hold on. I gotta check my schedule. But uh <laughs> because we have we have a Saturday game. Oh no, no, no. Okay, no. That, we'll, that this Saturday coming up, we have the game. We'll, we'll figure it out, Jeff. We got like a week and a half to sort this out. Yeah, and those girls are driving me nuts anyway, so I can miss a practice. Dude, I can't deal with two of them. I don't know how you deal with a whole team. Bill, there's so much drama going on in like the last week that I could tell you about, but it would take up our whole hour time slot. Yeah. So, all right, we'll, let's not we'll leave do it that. for let's, yeah, yeah, save it for your. We'll get it. Let's get into some violence, Bill. This is how men resolve problems. Yes, but before we talk about UFC violence, I got to give a big shout out uh, to one of the members of my gym. Uh, I guess I could say one of my students that I coach, Gabriel Schaefer, the Golden Boy, made his Muay Thai debut last night at Leo Code in Orlando. First round head kick knockout, Jeff. So proud of this kid. Um, I've, I've seen him working hard in the gym. Uh, he's only, he's been training less than a year and the kid is just a natural. He's like 20 years old. Um, he, he's going to have an awesome, uh, Muay Thai career, MMA, whatever he wants to get into. So proud of him. And, um, yeah, that was awesome. So that's Muay Thai debut. And here's my daughter making a cameo on Dude, the show. Awesome. <laughs> Ariana say hi to everybody. And say <laughs> bye to everybody. <laughs> She's got her magic wand and everything. Oh, She's man. Right. Uh, um, dude, that's awesome for your teammate, man. <laughs> say hi. Hi. <laughs> so here, here are the girls that I have zero control over. Um, I'll trade. I'll trade both of them for the twenty six that I don't have control over. <laughs> but, uh, but Bill, actually, talk. I'm not. I'm not, not going to make that trade. Ariana, um, uh, you're you're being broadcasted to the world right now, sweetie. Bill, tell Claudia that I started wearing a hat outside so that my skin wouldn't look like old beef jerky. I will do. Uh, Jeff said he started wearing a hat outside, so. So his face won't look like old beef jerky. This is my little swimmer, everybody, who uh, swam for the first time in the pool today, and I'm so proud of her. Um, and I, likewise, I'm so proud of my boy Gabe, who you know won his fight, first round head kick knockout. Um, I, I wish I could have been there, but you know we had this trip planned, and he kind of got the fight like last minute. So I would have loved to be there, but uh, I know he was in good hands with, with my Muay Thai coach, Matt McCusker from MJM Muay Thai in Clearwater, as well as J.R. Ridge, our boxing coach, who's just awesome dude, great energy. Um, he, he had a great uh, corner behind him in that fight and uh, really proud of that kid. Uh, it, was, it was a nasty knockout, Jeff. I'll, I'll send you the clip on Instagram, and I'll, I'll see if I can share it for the rest of you as well on Instagram at MMA on the rocks. But um, yeah, that was that. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of that kid. Can't stress that enough. I I'm almost as proud of him as I am of my daughter for swimming in the pool 
<laughs> this morning. Nice. nice. That sounds like the best deal in town. You know it, kid. Um, so another bit of news. Um, my other buddy, Mr. Billy Quarantello, who you all know, UFC featherweight, just signed to fight Anthony Burgos on November 6th, I believe it is, at Madison Square Garden, Jeff. Nice. So, yeah, nice. big shout out to Billy. I know he's looking forward to fighting in front of a crowd again. That's a huge fight for him. And, man, I, I don't even care what side of the fence you are on, like, who you're rooting for. Like, how do you not love that fight? Those are two guys who bring it every single time. Cardio for days. Um, nasty hands. Nasty striking. Uh, they both can grapple. Like, this is fight of the night potential again. Uh, you know, Billy Q could be looking at back-to-back -back, uh, fight of the night bonuses here. Um, so I'm so happy for my boy. Uh, so so much good news this weekend, Jeff. Like, obviously, you know, so much bad news as well with the hurricane up by you guys and everything. But as far as the fight world is concerned, a lot of great news. Um, you know, I, I love to see good people uh, doing well. So I'm happy for my man Gabe with his – his debut head kick KO. And I'm happy for my buddy, Billy getting a, a big like marquee fight. Like um, the, the last fight, you know, he got the fight of the night bonus. He got a lot of buzz. Um, this fight is like, this is like a marquee fight. Like, I feel like this could be like a fight night headliner, this one, but uh, give me your thoughts, Jeff, Billy Q and uh, Burgos and Madison square garden right near uh, backyard or front yard or wherever you consider it. Yeah, dude. Um, I, I love, I love fights at the garden because, um, the path train from Jersey city to, um, I think it's 34th street. Mm -hmm. You walk yes. like one block and you're walking into the garden. So it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, really easy to get to. Um, don't know how comfortable I feel about actually going with everything going on, but I'm Good. so excited for Billy Q, man. Uh, gets to fight on one of the biggest stages. He's going to have an audience. Uh, I think he absolutely deserves it. And Bill, I'm not just saying that because he's a friend of the show, but I'm a genuine fan of his, man. He creates chaos in there. And from that chaos, he finds order, which mm – -hmm. I love seeing that jujitsu too. Fighters who can create scrambles and then end up on top, man. Really exciting fighting style to me. So I cannot wait, man. And Burgos is a really tough dude. It's going to be a test for both of these guys in the featherweight division. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. Like just as an MMA fan, I'm stoked for that fight. You know, put aside the fact that Billy's my friend and I've trained with him and, you know, he's, you know, had some awesome moments here on the podcast. Um, if you've never seen Billy on the show, go to the YouTube channel and you can uh, click on the highlights playlist. And Billy's in there a few times, I believe, which I need to I need to do some work, Jeff, and like update that highlights playlist because I, I'm the worst at it. I'm like a I'm like a plug and play podcast host. Like I turn this on for an hour every week. I put it out there to the world and they're like, I don't do much else. I don't I don't. Um, I'm not great with social media. I don't like cut up clips and stuff. If anybody wants to volunteer to do that, like I'll, I'll give you all the passwords and everything. Like if you want to start making highlight clips or like best of reels, I don't know, whatever people do, um, contact me and, and we'll work something out. 
Um, I'll send you a t-shirt or something. Um, but in any case, yeah, big congratulations to Billy Q. That that's that's going to be a huge fight. I don't see how you could not be excited about that fight if you're a fan of mixed martial arts, which obviously you are if you're listening to the show, unless you're like my mom, who occasionally listens to the show and is not a fan of mixed martial arts, but <laughs> she likes to she likes to hear us talk about it for whatever reason, Jeff. Because you know moms are proud. Um. Yeah. So. We're about a half hour in now, Jeff. I, I suppose we could talk about the fights from last night. That was a thing. Yeah, Bill, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't realize how early this card was. So I watched the main card and the final prelim. I know you wanted me to watch another prelim, which unfortunately I didn't get to. But I am going to watch it after the show. So, Bill, right. let's just I'll, go I'll through talk, this, man. I'll, I'll talk you through it, and I'm sure I'll sell you on it. Yeah, I didn't get to watch this one live either because we were here away for the weekend the wife has um like a, a friend she went to high school with who lives in the area so we went and hung out with her family and her kids and went out to dinner and all this so i'm always complaining about how late the fights start jeff and i didn't end up watching this card until 10 p.m last night anyway <laughs> so it's like it, it's like i'm destined to watch these fights late at night no matter what um, but yeah, I enjoyed this card. It was good. I, I was a little tired while I was watching it. I'll admit, but, um, uh, a great night for the country of England, except for the main event, Derek Brunson just absolutely dominated Darren Till. Um, got the submission around three, two minutes, 13 seconds. But before that, it was all Derek Brunson. I mean, Till might have landed like a couple of stiff jabs, maybe like a one-two here and there. But um, I did not feel there was any point that Darren Till was in control of this fight. This was all Derek Brunson. And he, all the credit to Derek Brunson, too. I mean, he's looked great in his last fight, in every fight since the loss to Israel Adesanya, actually. But to me, Darren Till looked flat. He did not look the same. His, his body seems to have changed a little bit. I don't want to say he looked soft, but he didn't look like as rock solid as he normally looks, if that makes sense, Jeff. I mean, this is a guy who in the past has looked like he was carved out of stone and now maybe carved out of gold. I don't know, because gold is a little bit more malleable, like something softer than stone, but still, you know, looked in way better shape than I ever will. Um, but I, I don't know. He just didn't look the same to me, Jeff. Give me your thoughts on this main event here and the performance by Derek Brunson. Yeah, Bill, I'm, I'm going to do that, and then I got a question for you. But, mm -hmm. Bill, um, I agree with you, man. Darren Till, he didn't really show up last night, man. Um you know, uh, some people, uh, and I, I'm I'm mostly saying the the commentary team said that Darren Tell was looking good on his feet, but the fight wasn't really on the feet. I mean, Derek Brunson in that first round he took uh, Till down one time, and that was the rest of the round. Yeah, was Till on his back eating damage, man. Once uh once Derek Brunson uh you know um. 
fixed his posture and started raining down bombs. I mean, it was looking bad for Till. His right eye was almost, or left eye was almost completely closed at the end of that first round. I thought it was going to be a doctor stoppage, not at the end of the first round, but maybe at the end of the next round. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give it to Darren Till. In the second round, he defended takedowns a little bit better. Um, but once Brunson, you know, he just needed to take him down maybe one time. Uh, I think there was a point in the first or second round that Till was able to actually get up. Uh, but we didn't see that happen very often. Yeah. And, and it was just because of, uh, you know, Brunson giving a little space in the transitions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't because Till was actively looking to get back to his feet. Sorry. Continue. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and, yeah, I think that rear naked choke was just a matter of time. I mean, Till rolled over onto his stomach, and he kind of figured it was over from there. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, Darren Till, in between the first and second rounds, he was saying he was feeling good. He felt like Brunson was getting tired. And in my head, I was like, mm, mm, that's not what's happening, dude. <laughs> and And we know from his last fight that even if Brunson gets tired, that's not going to stop him. Like that dude can be exhausted and still find that next gear. I mean, two time division two, all American, uh, and wrestling. And, you know, you know, Jeff, as well as anybody wrestlers have that extra gear, you know, they just have that grind mentality where like, okay, I'm tired. My body doesn't want to work anymore, but it's fucking going to, and that's that gear that Derek Brunson has. Like, you think you feel him getting tired? Great. You still have, like, another 45 minutes in that gas tank that you have to look forward to. Um, so have fun with that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, Bill, it, it's just more of the same of, of what you were saying. It was all Brunson, dude. Uh, I don't know what was going on with Darren Till, uh, but Brunson also – really didn't give Till space to get his offense going because we know Till has the Muay Thai. Um, you know, he's got he's good from range. He's got kicks. His clinch is really good. But I felt like Brunson just wouldn't allow that, you know, because mm-hmm. um, he, he was attacking the legs a lot. He was attacking, um, you know, just going for takedowns and stuff. So really, Till never got his offense going. And, and Bill, my question to you is in – terms of Darren Till and how he looked physically last night. Do you think maybe he might have had a tough weight cut and that might have something to do with it? I mean, it's possible, but I don't know, man. You know, he had the injury. You know, maybe he wasn't fully recovered, but like, you know, the man's got a family. He's got like a kids with at least one woman. Um, you know, he's got to work. So maybe it was a case of like, well, you know, got to go to work, got to get that paycheck. It's going to be a main event. Like, even if I lose, I, you know, I can't fall much further down the ladder. Um, you know, Kelvin Gaslam just had a main event and, you know, lost his fifth fight in, in the last six fights or whatever it is, you know, go collect that paycheck you know get a few more social media followers you know maybe get another sponsor or something like a social media sponsor i don't know um just make a little money or maybe Derek brunson was just that good you know you can't rule that out either i mean the guy just keeps getting better and better 
But every time I think about this fight, I think about, you know, Till got taken down. He was doing nothing to get back up. You know, he was staying in like an open half guard, um, which must have been frustrating for Michael Bisping to watch doing the commentary because I know they're buddies, Darren Till and him. They have like, you know, they break each other's balls and everything like that. Fellow countrymen. But Bisping was the master. Like, he didn't have the greatest takedown defense, but he was the master of getting back to his feet. You know, he was get he would get his back up against the cage and he would wall walk back up and get the fight to where he felt he had an advantage in the striking, even with one eye. Uh, so to watch Darren Till just kind of accept being on the ground. But then again, those takedowns from Brunson, man, he would lock his hands uh, and then pull Till away from the cage when he finished the double leg. Uh, that was so smart, I thought. Um, and I wasn't listening to the commentary, so I don't know if Bisping was frustrated or not. But like being on the call, he must have been because like that's his that's his jam. And then even even when Brunson got the choke in, Till didn't fight the hands or anything. Like he was looking for a way out of there. As soon as Brunson locked up the choke, he just tapped. Like he didn't fight it at all. Um, which I understand. Like doing jiu-jitsu for 10 years or so like sometimes you know the choke just falls right on the windpipe the right way and there, there's no opportunity to fight it but like he wasn't defending anything on the ground there was just no resistance really um which was which was sad to see but uh yeah i know i just threw a lot of like I guess half-assed analysis your way, Jeff, but what's your reaction to any or all of that? Yeah, Bill. Um, I think that the biggest um, point there is what Brunson was doing. Like you said, and uh, the commentary team talked about this as well. I believe DC, especially where Brunson pulled uh, Till's hips. And then instead of turning him towards the cage where, Till would have that space to kind of wall walk back up. Brunson would turn him around and put him almost in the middle of the octagon. Bill, in pro mm -hmm. wrestling, we call that no man's land. We call <laughs> it that for a reason. Because in pro wrestling, you can't get to the ropes to break up submissions and stuff. So to me, that that's what I saw Brunson doing. And I think that was such a good move because... Um, you know, a lot of fighters, not just Michael Bisping, but a lot of guys who have trouble on their backs, they'll rely on that wall to 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 shimmy their way back up. Like you said, mm -hmm. you know, walk your shoulders up. Bill, in on, on the wrestling mat, you don't have that, so you have to you have to be able to fight your way back up and and get out of those bad spots. So you know, in terms of uh, grappling, that cage. The you know using it as a wall almost it, it can kind of even the odds a little bit when it comes to grappling and Derek Brunson knows and understands this and he would not allow that so I think it's a it's a huge um, you know tactical analysis by Derek Brunson to have that fight IQ and to not mm -hmm. allow that to happen. Do you think the Derek Brunson we've seen in the last five fights can compete with the champ Israel Adesanya? That, that's a really tough question, Bill. I want to say yes, but at the same time, Adesanya himself has been evolving. And and take away take away the fight with Jan Blachowicz, because I was a different weight class, and Jan Blachowicz is gigantic. But Izzy knows, and he's starting, and I feel like he's been working on his grappling a lot. 
uh, just because of the opponents they put in front of him in the middleweight division. Marvin mm-hmm. Vittori, who's, who's a little bit, uh, you know, sound grappler, not going to say great grappler, but a pretty sound grappler for mixed martial arts. Yep. Um, uh, Robert Whitaker, who, you know, was able to get a win on Jaka- off Jakare in the grappling department. Huge feather in his cap. Uh, you know, he was training for him. Uh, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head, but, um, dude, for, you know, I, I think Izzy, you know, as much as I want Brunson to do well against him, because I'm a fan of Derek Brunson, mm-hmm. Izzy Adesanya has a good IQ as well for the sport. And, you know, he's already beaten Brunson once, and he beat him at a time where his grappling, and I mean Izzy here, his own grappling was a little bit more rudimentary for MMA, whereas now it's a little bit more evolved. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I think that if Brunson can employ some of the stuff that he used last night against Darren Till and you know neutralize that uh, that offense on the feet, I think Brunson can find a lot of success. So, Bill, I'm really fascinated by this, man. This is like a chess match to me, dude, You know, because they've already played each other. Uh, you know, Izzy won that fight, but now they've both had time to evolve their games. Yeah. And, and Brunson, I feel like, you know, last night, I'm sure he took Darren Till very seriously, but Darren Till fights very similarly to Israel Adesanya in that he, his bread and butter is in that striking in that Muay Thai department. So I feel where, you know, whereas Izzy is more kickboxing. So I yeah. feel like he could have used that to kind of, uh, as like a scrimmage for what Israel Adesanya is going to do. For sure. I, um, I would have loved to see Adesanya and Till, man. That's just a fight that I want to see. Um, you know, not that I would have rooted against Derek Brunson or anything, but I just want to see that fight. And it seems like it's starting to enter Tony Khabib territory, where it's like every time it's within grasp, it gets pulled away just out of reach um i think the brunson that we've seen in the last five fights could definitely compete with izzy much better than the first time because he's much more composed now you know he doesn't rush in as much you know the the striking obviously is he's still going to be at a huge deficit to adesanya but he was at a huge deficit in the striking to darren till and that didn't seem to be an issue the problem is that he would have to get adesanya's blessing for that fight to happen because the first fight, you know, it was it was a quick knockout. Like Adesanya made him look like he didn't even deserve to be in there with him. Um, so it's going to be on him to decide. And look, Robert Whitaker has absolutely earned another title shot, and he might get passed over for it just because Adesanya is like, well, you know, Cannoneer is somebody different. He looked great against Calvin Gastelum. So, you know, just for parody's sake, I might give him the shot. And, you know, Adesanya is kind of in the position where he can kind of call his shots because he's that big of a star. So I don't know what happens here. If I'm Derek Brunson, to play it safe, I'm calling out somebody else. I'm picking a fight. Like, if the fight with Whitaker doesn't happen, I'm saying, like, hey, I'll fight Robert Whitaker again, and it'll go a lot different than last time, and he'll be more likely to get that rematch. Um. That would be my advice to Derek Brunson. Like, just go out there, get another fight right away with another top guy so that you can't be denied. 
um, because at this point he doesn't have enough leverage to overcome how the first fight went. All right. A uh, long time spent on that main event. Let's go to the co-main event. Tom Aspinall, uh, you know, redeeming England before it needed redemption with this knockout of Sergei Spivak, who took this fight on short notice and probably the toughest test for Aspinall that he's seen yet. Man, this guy is so athletic, so explosive for a heavyweight. Um, that, that, step in knee to the elbow combination was just beautiful um you know performance of the night bonus uh how much how much more can you put tom aspen all over i mean co-main event spectacular finish performance of the night bonus give me your thoughts here jeff yeah bill um Good, great performance from Aspinall. And Sergey Spivak is no easy task in the heavyweight division, man. He's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of um, staying power. Um, but, yeah, I'm really impressed with Tom Aspinall, dude. Um, looks great for the heavyweight division. Looks like a light heavyweight, actually, to me. Um, but, Bill, I thought that uh, knee-elbow combo was Gorgeous, man. And he caught the elbow right on the break, you know, right as they were separating from each other. Mm -hmm. And you can see as soon as he lands it, he cracks Spivak right, right above the eyebrow. And, Bill, you, you know this, man. You know, when, when you get cracked in the forehead, there's just so much blood supply going there that it just spurts out everywhere. But, man, um, he didn't look like he was in too much trouble. And like you said, Spivak, a good test for him in this heavyweight division, man. But uh, really impressed and, you know, a great performance from uh, from Tom Aspinall. You know those last-minute changes are never easy, so good on him. Yeah, I, I mean, and let's not forget that he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and, and hasn't seemed to really need it so far. Um, he looks like Frank Mir's son, and, uh, <laughs> you know, he's got the grappling to go with it. Uh, so I think big things in the future for this guy. I feel like he doesn't make a lot of noise outside of the cage. Uh, he seems like a very humble, respectful guy, but you know, doesn't want to call anybody out. It, it, and he's creeping up on that top 10 anyway, just because heavyweight is so kind of watered down right now. Uh, I don't know if that's the right phrase to use or not, but you know, that's what I would say. Uh, our buddy Mark thinks that Aspinall will be champ by 2023. Who knows? Who knows? Heavyweight is one of those divisions, you know, he could go on a tear, but he could also, you know, get KO'd in, in his next three fights. Like, there's no way to predict this division. Like, yeah. there's no, like some other divisions, there's like a clear path and you can kind of see. But this, the heavyweight is like, you know, you can get in there with somebody who's not even that skilled who would just knock your block off and then, you know, throws your whole momentum off. You never fight the same again. But yeah. 2023, Tom Aspinall with a belt around his waist. I can see it. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Probably the later half of 2023. I could see it. I mean, unless Cyril Gaon or Francis Ngannou have anything to say about it. But, Bill, you know, I know this is a little premeditated, but I think that would be an exciting fight. Once Aspinall gets some more experience in there, have him go off against Gaon, I think that would be really fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and you would think Gon would be a lot bigger, but I think Aspinall is just one of those guys who's like a lot bigger than he looks. Um, moving on down for the sake of time, Alex Morano 
a unanimous decision over David Zawada. I, I got to be honest, Jeff, I was in and out with this fight. I thought it was close. Like, it seemed like a pretty back-and-forth fight to me, but then it was 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards. Like, I would have thought, you know, I, I don't... I, I think Murano won the fight, but I, I thought Zawada maybe would have gotten around somewhere in there. Um, but I, I don't know. This one was just fell a little flat for me. I think uh, I might have been tired. I don't know. Changed my mind, Jeff. Uh, it's kind of hard to for me, Bill. Um, <laughs> All right, don't then. But but uh, but I do agree. I felt like it was, the fight was closer than what the scorecard said. I felt like Zawada really came back in that second round to make it a fight. Um, but Murano in that third round just turned it up another level. And, you know, I think Zawada just couldn't deal with the pressure, uh, especially Murano was throwing in some grappling in that third round. Uh, and Zawada looked like he was just too tired. Uh, to continue, um, you know, making a fight out of it. Yeah. I thought the, like the first round at least was, you know, pretty even. Like, yeah. You know, Zawada had his moments in there. Um, I don't know, man, for me, these are two guys that are such technical high level fighters that just don't grab my attention. I don't know how else to word it. But, like, I probably won't remember this fight. You would have to remind me of, like, spectacular performances that either of them have had in the past. Uh, and, and, you know, that's just where I am with it. Like, they just don't stand out to me, even though they are both, you know, very high-level fighters. But that's just that's just where I am with these two. Am I far off base, Jeff? No, I think this fight, because of how close it was, uh, I think it'll be a little bit difficult to remember. But, um, you know, take nothing away from these two guys. They're definitely fighters I want to see again in the cage. Uh, maybe just not against each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to probably the most gruesome finish of the night. Khalil Roundtree against Modestus Bukowskis. Um, this fight was all Khalil Roundtree. I mean, he bell to bell in, until halfway through the second round when this thing ended. He was pressuring. He was pushing forward. Um, I think Roundtree looks like a beast back at 205. Uh, his striking is nasty. His Muay Thai is super legit. You know, he's lived in Thailand for a few years now. The finish was crazy. But he also put Bukowskis in the Andre Arlovsky nose of the month club, busting his nose up in the first round, just relentless pressure. And then the finish, man, that oblique kick that hyper extended the knee. That was nasty. And apparently the doctor said that Bukowskis blew out his ACL, MCL and whatever other CLs are inside the knee uh, just destroyed. That was a nasty maneuver. You know, Roundtree even said he had been practicing it, but, you know, never really executed it to its full potential because he didn't want to enter, injure his training partners. Like, for the, if anybody ever said that to me, like, oh, if I did this, like, full strength, you, you know, I would really seriously in, injure someone. That would be, like, some Steven Seagal shit. 
like that he would say like oh well you know if i actually use this aikido on you you know you would die so i can't do it um but it happened to be true with Khalil Roundtree. Just destroyed the knee of Modestus Bukowskis here. Uh, give me your thoughts on this fight, Jeff, because to me, this was the most cringeworthy, like, most uh, just, like, gruesome, like, give you chills fight of the night. Yeah, dude. Um, you know, and Bill, I, I've, I'm not a big fan of the oblique kicks since John Jones do, has been doing them because of, of, of what happened last night, man. Um, and I didn't realize, Oh, what happened? I was just telling old Forrester to sponsor me. <laughs> there you Continue. go. Bill. Subliminal message them and, and they'll, they'll, they'll come around. You but, want uh, to be a sponsor of the show. <laughs> old Forrester. Here's your label. I love it. <laughs> but Bill, uh, like I was saying, man, not a big fan of the oblique kicks um, because of this reason, dude. Um, you know, hyperextended the knee so bad and just, you know, you, you heard Bukowskis just scream out in pain as soon as, as he hit the floor, man. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize this at first, but then watching the replay, I was looking at it and I'm like, dude, I think this guy blew his knee out. Like, it just looked so bad. Um, yeah. You know, like the the knee does not bend the way that Roundtree made it bend last night. He basically curb stomped his knee, man. Like that was bad. Yeah, it was. It was pretty gruesome. And like curb stomping is a good. That's a good kind of analogy there. And I have torn my ACL, Jeff, and I have torn my MCO. Um, when I tore my MCL, I was severely inebriated um so i didn't feel it that much like i heard the pop uh, but the recovery wasn't fun when i tore my acl i was moving out of my dorm in college freshman year and i was like there had obviously already been damage to the knee from years of wrestling and uh and high school lacrosse as well did a lot of damage to my knees but um i was carrying this big trunk of clothes or whatever was in it down the steps. And I hit the last step and kind of hyperextended my knee. And there was like a piece of bone in the back of my kneecap that was hanging off, like hanging by a thread, I guess. And when it disconnected, it sliced my ACL and it was the worst pain I felt in my life. Um, you know, feeling that tear, Um, it was, it was brutal, man. Like I wouldn't wish that pain on anybody. And, um, and, and and being like the stubborn boy I was at the time, you know, my dad was there, like he picked me up from college and he helped me move out of my dorm and he was like, Hey, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I tried to like brush it off and like put the trunk in the car and I got in the car and I sat down like so relieved. And my dad was like testing me. He's like, are you sure you're fine? Like, it seems like you hurt your leg or something. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm totally fine. Knowing that I had like a two and a half hour drive to just kind of sit and relax. And he was like, all right, well, if you're fine, let's go walk around the mall. 
and he pulled into the mall that was right near the college campus and we i limped around the mall like trying to pretend like nothing happened but i was in the worst pain of my life and um yeah so i was reminded of that when i saw bukowskis hit the ground and scream out in pain like it to, to have torn the acl and the mcl and you know whatever cls are in there at the same time like that guy must have been in fucking agony, Jeff. So, you know, I hope he's okay. Like, hopefully it was just like, ow, that really hurt. And like, everything's still intact. Like, I hope nothing was really damaged. But credit to Khalil Roundtree, man. That What a vicious performance from him. Yeah, for sure, dude. And Bill, <clears throat> speaking of vicious performances let's talk about this guy patty the batty pimblet bill i like the cut of his jib man um the hair you know i i it's funny looking i like that um it kind of reminds me of like um johnny from cobra kai yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i mean oh man um and, uh, Bill, this was a great way to open up the card, man. This lightweight bout between Pimblet and Luigi Vendramini. Um, and, Bill, there, there were some times where, I'll be honest with you, I hate the way Pimblet fights. You know, he's got his hands down, chin up in the air. Um, Vendra Vendramini nailed him at one point, rocked mm -hmm. him. And I thought, I thought, this is it, man. This guy, that's yeah. it, man. He's a one-hit wonder. Uh, but you know what? He shut my mouth, dude. Uh, was able to come back, Pimblet, with just this ruthless aggression, and and put Vendramini in a bad spot, put him down, dude. Uh, I was, I was, you know, um, I was impressed. I was a little impressed. Um, I think he still got a ways to go. But Bill, give me your reaction uh, for the for this main card opener, man. Yeah, I mean, Vendramini almost put him out, but then in a post fight interview, Bisping was like, "Hey, he almost got knocked out there." Pretty sure that's not his job to say that in the post fight interview. Like, but that's Bisping. He does what he wants. And then Pimblet was like, because I'm a fucking scouser. We don't get knocked out. <laughs> like, I mean, the dude just has that it factor, man. He has that star power. And I was thinking the same criticisms as you. Like, when I was watching this fight, I was like, man, he drops his hands. What's he going to do when he gets in there with a Justin Gaethje or a Dustin Poirier or a Michael Chandler? But this was his UFC debut, and I was already picturing him in there with a Justin Gaethje, with a Michael Chandler, with a Dustin Poirier. So what does that say? Like, the kid has the it factor. Like, yeah, he might be lacking – technically in the striking department he's got great grappling um he's got the star power man what else can i say about it because you know i had all the same criticisms as you he needs to keep his hands up and and if he's in there with you know fighter a b or c but i was picturing him in there with those top guys so what does that say about the experience i had with his fight and with his post fight and with his interview and and all that um, it says that the kid's a star. There, there's, there's no other way to put it. He, there's no denying it. He had the opportunity to come into the UFC in 2016 and 2018, I believe. 
passed it up because he wanted to get some more experience over in cage warriors in the UK. I have to be honest. I'm not familiar with his career. I had never really seen a full fight until last night. And, um, I'm sold, you know, the, the, the kids got the it factor. He's got the star power. I'd say, you know, give him a top 15 guide now. So that's where I'm at with him. Yeah, man, Bill, it's hard to argue with you, man. You know, that whole recency thing, uh, it's definitely, you know, he was one of the, he's definitely one of the performers that I remember, you know, exactly what happened in his fight yesterday. Um, but Bill, I know that neither of us watched uh, all of the prelims, but let's talk about the ones that that we did get to see. Because I know you saw one, and I saw one. Uh, there are only four prelims. Yeah, I'm realizing I, I saw more of this card than I realized. Um, Mark Andre Burial, unanimous decision over uh, Dasha Lukambula. Um, you know, pretty one sided fight. There was there was a bunch of fouls in that fight as well. Yes, honey. Go back to the store tomorrow and buy more chips. All right. My daughter just informed me I have to go back to the store tomorrow to buy more chips. So, breaking news. We're out of chips. <laughs> My daughter demands that we get more. Um, Jack Shore, unanimous decision over Ludwig Scholinian. Um, that was a, a pretty back and forth fight, uh, but Jack Shore, you know, coming out on top. Molly McCann, unanimous decision over Ji Young Kim. The prelim that I would highlight, Jeff, and this is the one I told you to go back and watch: Julian Arosa over Charles Jordan. This was a fantastic fight. Um, you know, Jordan was getting the better on the feet in the first round. Um, the second round, Arosa started to come back, and in the third round, Julian Arosa just broke Jordan down and slipped in this Darce choke out of nowhere because he's got these long, lanky arms. And, you know, Arosa had a hard time in his last fight. Got knocked out, I believe. I think he was being brought in to build up Jordan in this fight. You know, that's just a guess. And, um, wound up submitting him uh, in the second half of the third round. So super happy for Julian Arosa. I know he's friends with my buddy, Billy Quarantello. They were on the same season of the ultimate fighter season 22. Uh, you know, so they built a relationship there. So Billy roots for Julian's. So henso facto, I root for Julian and he came away with a really slick, Submission victory last night. I highly recommend going back and watching this. I would call it a come from behind victory with a really slick submission. So, you know, what more could you want from a prelim fight, Jeff? Uh, I know you would appreciate it. So definitely go back and watch it. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. So, Bill, let's talk about the final fight on the, on the prelims before the main card. Because, Bill, this one fight of the night. And I agreed with the decision. I think it absolutely deserved fight of the night. Was Molly McCann versus Gion Kim. Bill, I unfortunately was only able to catch uh, the last round because I didn't realize what time uh, the card was starting. But, Bill, the third round alone 
could have been the reason that this one fight of the night, man. Um, you know, something happened halfway through that round, Bill, where Molly McCann was just like, you know what? No, screw this. Let's go balls to the walls. And she just starts unloading on Jihan Kim. I thought she was going to finish her, actually, before the round was over. Like, it was bad. And at one point, she starts lowering, you know, pointing to the ground and, and just say, let's fight right here. Let's finish this right here. And, um, dude, just the energy and, and you know, the, the will to keep going for McCann because she's had a tough couple of fights. Uh, I think – actually, let me just double-check her record here. But uh, coming off of back-to-back losses. So um, – defeats Gion Kim, gets the decision. Bill, I'm going to go back and watch the entire fight all over again because yeah. I, I missed the first two rounds. But, dude, uh, seriously, very exciting fight. Great performance from Molly McCann. And if it kind of felt like – I know the fights were in Vegas, Bill, but it felt like they were fighting in England, man. You know, um, as soon as Paddy uh, Pimblett won his fight, Molly McCann actually came out – from the locker room and was like right by the cage cheering them on and stuff. So it really felt like, like we're like, they're fighting in England. It was awesome to see the, just the camaraderie, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, great night for Molly McCann. Great fight. Great night for uh, our fighters from across the pond here, Bill. Um, but overall thought the card was awesome. And I thought that McCann versus Kim really deserved fight of the night. It was an awesome fight to watch. Bill, if you missed that one, definitely go back and watch it. Yeah, I did miss it, and I will definitely go back and watch it now. Um, This card was supposed to take place in England, I believe, which is why all these English fighters were booked on here, and then they had to move it to the Apex because of COVID protocols or something. I might be making that up. I mean, there was... There was like a week or two ago, I think I said like, and next week is going to be the last fight at the Apex. And then somebody texted me and was and said like, the next four fights are booked at the Apex. And I'm like, well, you don't come to MMA on the Rocks for facts. Like you, <laughs> you come here for like what I like to drink and what I like to say. <laughs> and sometimes what I like to say is not the truth. And that's just the way <laughs> that's just the way the internet works, Jeff. Like <laughs> at least I'm honest about it. I say some people will just like spew bullshit out of their mouth and and tell you like everything they say is gospel. I'm not one of those people. I'll tell you like you're probably not getting accurate information here, but like hopefully you're entertained at least. Are you not entertained, Jeff? <laughs> Bill, that's all I've ever wanted to do was entertain the masses. Oh, man. Yeah, all I've wanted to do is drink Old Forester 100 proof bourbon <laughs> and oh, entertain man. people. So, sponsor me, Old Forester. Um, my kid is starting to call for me. Uh, but next week, Nothing is happening in the UFC. But the week after, September 18th, which uh, I'm going to be in New York for this card, Jeff. So maybe, you know, you make your way up to New York and we can watch this one together. We haven't watched a fight together in forever. Yeah. Maybe we do like a live, I don't know. Maybe we'll do something. Um, Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann main event we and we can talk about this next week too because we won't have much to talk about next week but that's the main event 
reaction to that or anything else we got going on here, my friend? Uh, Bill, um, this past week we had three scrimmages with my girls' soccer team. Uh, and Tuesday we opened the season. So we got games Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday this week. So it's going to be a busy week. Um, to, I'm kind of glad that there's no card this weekend, actually, because this is one of our very few Saturday games. So it, the timing's good. Uh, but yeah, Bill, that's all I got. Hopefully I have some positive news um, about our record because uh, our first three scrimmages didn't go that well. So hopefully but they're just scrimmages. That's just practice. Like they're they're not trying their hardest. They're just working the kinks out. I saw Bill. I certainly hope so because uh, we need well, some. Mark wants a live watch along for the card next week. So that's one vote to none for a brawl crawl. So nobody has voted against it. So maybe we should do it. Um. I'll tell you what, this card is looking pretty good, Jeff. Iwan Kutulaba and Devin Clark is the co-main event. Jim Miller, your fellow New Jerseyan on here against Nicholas Malta. Ariana Lipsky against Mandy Bohm, the undefeated Mandy Bohm. Armand Saryukian against Christos Giagos. Uh, Antonio Arroyo, uh, Dana White Contender Series fighter against uh, Joaquin Buckley. Knockout of the Year oh. award winner, Joaquin Buckley. Pani Kianzad against Raquel Pennington. This is a good this is a good card, Jeff. We can get it, uh, take a deeper dive next week. But this will be a fun one. Um, Mark said it's been so long that he's forgotten what brawl crawls were called, even though his previous comment was calling for a brawl crawl. Uh, <laughs> I forgot what they were called. We haven't done one in so long, but you know, our, our schedule just haven't aligned. Right. Jeff five years of doing this and we still can't get it down five plus years. Um, yeah, but look at what's happened in that time. You had a kid, you moved to Florida. I finally held down a job. I mean, it's been mad this bill. Your car almost drowned. Yeah. Like there's been, it's been intense. I've got a guitar behind me for some reason. Jeff, should I take the guitar down and play something for everybody? Yeah, let's do it. Keep the fans guessing. All right. Well, talk about something while I grab it. Um, all right. So me looking at this card, uh, I see some of the fights that Bill mentioned. Uh, Kutalaba versus Devin Clark. I think that sounds awesome. Uh, Jim Miller. I think he always puts on a performance, so that'll be good. We have Raquel Pennington, who we haven't seen in a while, a uh, very skilled fighter. We have Hannah Goldie versus Emily Whitmire at Women's Strawweight. I think that's going to be an awesome fight, two up-and-comers. And Ariane Lipsky's on here, who, um, you know, she's a good fighter and all that, but she's really easy on the eyes. So that's always nice. By the way, Hannah Goldie, uh, fellow Team Reaper represented fighter. So if you want to get some MMA on the rocks gear, hold on. Let me see if I can play drunkenly play this guitar and do this promo at the same time. If you want to get some MMA on the rocks gear, 
visit our friends at Team Reaper. They didn't know they were sponsoring the show, like to get a musical accompaniment, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, Reaper1.co. That's Reaper, the number one, dot C-O. Use the promo code MMARocks10. That's M-M-A-R-O-C-K-S-1-0. For those of you who are spellingly challenged. I think this is our new theme song, Jeff. I don't know what I'm playing. Sorry, but I'm looking at pictures of Ariana Lipsky. Uh, Mark wants some uh, requests. Stevie Ray Vaughan and Led Zeppelin. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not that adequate at, at the guitar, my friend. This just happens to be hanging up behind me in this Airbnb. Um, this is a nice, uh, you know, finger style guitar, though, which is not my forte. For those of you who don't know, I used to play guitar, specifically bass guitar, in some college bands. Little known fact, if this ever comes up on MMA on the Rocks trivia, I appear on a Flaming Lips tribute album, and I can't even tell you what it's called, but I, I have like a credit on there for two songs that I put bass tracks down for. Like somebody just asked me to do it in college, and I went to a studio and you know put the bass tracks down, and then they sent me a copy of this tribute album and my name was in in the credits for you know putting the bass tracks down jeff and um i was never really a flaming lips fan that was never my thing it was just something i did and then my name got put on something so that was pretty cool and you know not my proudest moment like it's the flaming lips. I, I was not a fan of theirs, but that's it. Bill flea. Well, Weller. No. Oh, thank you for correcting Welker, but Weller is a fantastic bourbon. Shout out to my buddy, Matt temple, who is also currently on a road trip this weekend and has been sending me pictures of Weller bourbon that he's found in liquor stores, um, which doesn't happen here in Florida because they have an exclusive contract with a certain liquor store. But um, what was I saying, Jeff? Uh, Flaming Lips uh, tribute album. Oh yeah, yeah. You said that you were. That. You said they were your favorite band growing up. Yeah, I probably did say that. There's a little uh, stairway to heaven right there because Mark requested Led Zeppelin. <laughs> That's the most I, I know of it because I can't, I don't have the vocals, Jeff. I can play guitar all right, but I don't have that, you know, I don't have that Robert Plant voice. Like, as we wind on down the road. <laughs> 
Um, where were we? Where were we ending the show? Oh, Team Reaper. If you want to get some MMA on the Rocks gear, if you find yourself over the top or under the influence or both, you can grab an MMA on the Rocks t-shirt, hoodie, or tank top at uh, reaper1.co. As always, the link will be in the show notes wherever you are consuming this podcast. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are. I'll put a link for you to purchase one of our t-shirts. And uh, I don't know, Jeff, you got anything? Oh, Tara Woodley and um, Jake somebody fought over the weekend. Um, I don't give a fuck, man. Like, I, I'm over all this, like, celebrity boxing stuff. Like, I'm, you know, I probably sound like a grumpy old man, but, like, I don't care. Like, I didn't care about this fight. I watched it. I didn't pay for it, uh, as I'm sure a lot of you didn't. Uh, the most exciting part of the fight was when Tyrone almost knocked Jake Paul through the ropes and then was like, oh, I forgot I was paid to lose. Um, oops. Did I, just, uh, did I just break down the fourth wall for everybody? Yeah, this fight was fixed, just like the Ben Askren fight was. Um, there's no mystery to it at all. Uh, Tyron Woodley was paid to lose and he almost failed. He almost pulled like uh, Brad Pitt and Snatch. <laughs> you remember that movie, Jeff? Have you ever nope. seen Snatch? Oh, Jeff, you have to watch Snatch. Add that to your list of movies that I've given you to watch. Um, Mark Fellow said it was well worth the $0 he paid to watch. Yeah. This fight was fixed. Uh, for anybody who still believes in the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy, like there was nothing real about what you watched on Friday night. This was uh, Jake Paul, who is very famous and very rich, paying a professional mixed martial arts fighter to take a dive in a boxing match. That's all you saw. If you saw anything other than that, I don't believe that you know what reality is. Do you have any thoughts on this, Jeff? Absolutely not, Bill. Um, I read about it the next day, and that was about all the energy I wanted to put towards it. Yeah, look, everything was fake. Jake Paul's team messing with Tyron's mom, all fake, all orchestrated, all scripted. This is WWE stuff. Like, if you're into pro wrestling, I'll give you a pass for liking it. If you're not, you just don't live in the same plane of reality as the rest of us. Like, this was fake. <laughs> Boo, you're Nothing starting to sound like the manimal when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the manimal. We got to have him back. Shout out to manimal. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. Um, Bellator fighter. Uh, Longo Weidman, MMA fighter, uh, Hensel Gracie, black belt. We got to have Manimal back on the show, man. He's such a good time. Um, go check him out on social media. I think it's Manimal MMA is his username. And um, I don't know, Jeff. I, I, I'm just finishing the show with like random guitar playing and 
an angry drunken rant unless you have anything else you want to say. Well, that's all I got for you this week, man. Enjoy your Labor Day. Everybody out there, have a happy and safe Labor Day. And uh, don't work too hard, despite what the name may imply. Yeah, it, it should be like, don't Labor Day. Like, don't be laborious today. <laughs> uh, all right, Jeff, should I play us out? Let's do it. What should I play? Uh, why don't you play something by Tenacious D? All of the best song in the world? It's a tribute, Bill. Tribute. Uh, funny that you say that because I was playing Stairway to Heaven before and the song Tribute, for those who don't know, uses the same chord progression as Stairway to Heaven. So the song Tribute by Tenacious D is actually a nod to Led Zeppelin for creating the best song in the world. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that, Jeff? I did. It's almost like this song is a tribute to Stairway to Heaven. It was the best song in the world. It was the best song in the world. It's the best song in the world. It's the best song in the world. And as we wind on down the road, our shadow is taller than our soul. I forget the rest of the words, so that's all you get. Uh, <laughs> if you want, <laughs> if you want to hear me sing, you have to be a Patreon subscriber. Which I don't think we, I don't know if we even have. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. That's it, I guess. If you want to catch up with Jeff on social media, reach out to him at animal underscore Wilson, Twitter and Instagram. And you guys know how to get a hold of me. I don't know why you would want to after this debacle, but here we are. Old Forrester, sponsor me, please. I've been drinking Old Forrester all afternoon, and they still haven't reached me out for a sponsorship. Um, you guys know how to get a hold of me. MMA on the Rocks everywhere on social media. Jeff. Oh, Mark wants to pay me not to sing. You can absolutely do that, Mark. That's an um, I know how we can end the show, Jeff. We have the outro song with a video. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>